All righty, let's turn our Bibles today to Matthew, the 12th chapter. And we're going to start in verse 42 and go down through 30, go down through 45. Last week we talked about clearing our fields, getting our lives set free from really the work of the enemy because we've neglected our walls, neglected certain things in our life, and it was time that we just simply cleared our field so that we can live in the blessing that God wants us. And in Matthew, the 12th chapter, verse 42, says these words, The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with the generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. And it says, when the unclean spirit, now remember, he has just talked about wisdom. There are two things that Jesus deals in unveiling the wisdom of God that supersedes the wisdom of Solomon, which is uh, the uh, Songs of Solomon and Proverbs. So we understand those are books of wisdom, but what Jesus is about to unveil to us is wiser than what Solomon declares. So, and there are two things that he's going to declare. And it says, and when the unclean spirit is gone out of the man, <clears throat> he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. And then he goeth and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Now, having said that, Jesus unveils to us a place of great wisdom. And he tells us, and this is a principle that I want to kick off with. It is a principle that when God visits a man or when a man decides to cleanse his house, unclean spirits leave, control, whether they're oppressive spirits, controlling spirits, confusing spirits, whatever they might be, unclean spirits are gone. Then he looks for a place to rest, a dry place, he looks for a place to get comfort. And then the Bible says, but he comes back and he finds the house empty, swept and garnished. Now, when we clear our fields, if we do nothing, the enemy is going to come back. Could I have my picture on the screen? <clears throat> I was driving down the road yesterday, and I ran up on this field. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It is in a condition that the farmer hates. That field has already been cleared of a harvest. And the farmer has decided to do nothing, or he's busy with something, and the field is returning to how it was prior to 
before he sowed the seeds of what he desired. You see all those little green patches and over there in the out towards the wood, you see all of it turning green. Those are not what the farmer has planted. Those are the weeds returning. Now the farmer has planted nothing. The farmer didn't ask for the weeds, but automatically that which he has labored so hard to get away from so that his field may produce for him has returned. Now, whether he's been busy or whether he just decided I'm going to wait for another season, whatever it might be, that field is going back to its former state. So when we clean our fields, if we do nothing, what's going to happen? going to go back to its former state. Now, it's not that you want it to. It's just that the enemy will get involved and cause it to be just like it was before he was taken out. So this field is totally contrary to what the man wants, but he's done nothing. And since he's done nothing, it's going right back to the way it used to be. Now, the only way that he can remedy that is to clear the field and then replant the field. He must plant it before the weeds start growing. If he doesn't, then the soil that he needs is not available. And so he will end up with a stronghold. Uh, he'll end up with a, a place where of unproductivity, something that he struggled to get away from. And basically, it's going to strip him of his potential of having a harvest. I don't, won't tell you whose field that is. All right. And so clear fields must be sown with seed. If we want to have anything different than the harvest that is promised out of that field, you and I have to sow a seed. If we do nothing, the enemy is going to return. Passivity is something that will take you to a place that you don't want. If you invest in your faith to clear your field, we now need to use our faith to plant our fields. Could have given an amen. All right. Now, let's go to Matthew 13, 24. There are three places that seeds come from. Three places. And all of them have the power, the potential to produce in a human life. Matthew 13, 24 says this. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which soweth good seed in his field. Next verse. But when men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the what? Wheat. The desired fruit of that man's field or his life. And he went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. 
And so the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, least while ye gather up the tares, ye root also the wheat with them. And the Lord, and let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, bind them in bundles, burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And another parable put he forth them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, which when a man took and sowed in his field. Now, we now understand that the enemy, Satan, can sow seeds. Right? He can sow seeds when we are asleep, slumbering, slothful, negligent. So he has a seed. Now, his seed is not good seed. His seed is an evil seed, and it's sown for destruction of a person's life. Now let's go to Acts 15, 24. Now I'm sure that you know all these things, but it's my job just to stir you up and remind you that they're in there. So the first thing is, is that Satan has a seed. Now why does he have seed? To sow. Why? Because he has a plan. And then it says, 1524, and it says, And as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with what? Words. Words. Subverting you, saying that you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandments. Now we understand that men, their thinking, their ideas and their opinions are seeds are seeds. Have you ever had somebody uh, say something you like, well, you know, I'll tell you what I think. It doesn't matter if it's the Bible or not. It's what they think. And they sow a seed into somebody's mind. I had a couple one time since they've contacted me and said, Pastor, we made a grave mistake. <clears throat> they told me, they said, Pastor, we just decided we don't believe in hell. I said, really? I said, who told you that? Well, we was on the internet. Uh, what is that? College for the stupid. Oh, you, you get everything. Hallelujah. And the thing of it is, people are so gullible, they swallow anything. And so they went online, they said, you know, we have loved ones that, that haven't been saved and they won't receive salvation with Christ, so... We, we have to find another way. I said, there is no other way. Your in-laws have got to get saved or they'll not make it to heaven. No, pastor, there's grace and, and there's love and a loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. I said, well, he missed one. In Luke, the 16th chapter, the rich man. Oh, I wish he would have knew your story. Well, they didn't like my counsel. They got mad and they left the church moved to another state and took a job and that was fine but they contacted me years later and said pastor we made a grave mistake 
we have been studying and we want to tell you we appreciate how you harped on us to believe the Bible because we discovered just how wrong we had become. Now that was good, but what they did was they allowed a man to sow a seed, just a thought, just a thought, sowed a seed, and that seed began to defile the ground of God. Just a thought, just an opinion, well, my idea, we have to be careful and we have to judge every word. Paul said about the church at Thessalonica, I thank God for you that when I preach, you go home and affirm that what I'm saying is the word of God. Look, folks, no matter how bad we feel and how bad we want people to get saved, there is still only one way to salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ. Amen? There's only one way to escape an eternal hell, and that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we have the seed of the devil. We have the seed of man. Now let's go to Matthew 13, 18 through 19. This will give us the third seed that we can be sown with. And it's really whatever we give our receptors to that we end up being filled with. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom or the word of God and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth seed by the wayside. Now, let's look what it says. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom. Somebody say the word of God is a seed. So we have the seed of the devil, the enemy of our lives. We have the seed of man, opinions, whether educated or not educated, learned or skilled, we still have them. And then we have the seed of God. Now it's up to you and I to determine what is going to come into our heart. Let's go to Isaiah 55 and verse 8 through 11. This is God prophesying through the prophet of Isaiah about what the Word of God is being revealed to man for. Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 11. <laughs> 55, verse 8. There you go. Says, this is God speaking. And it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. Next verse. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. 
It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Now, why did God send the word? To cause the earth to be productive and to give seed, somebody say seed, to the sower. So we understand that God gives us seed. His word is a seed. He has a plan for our life. Remember, God gives seed to the sower. He multiplies the seed that is given. Now let's go to Matthew 13, 10 through 11. So remember, we have the seed of Satan, the seed of man, and the seed of God. God gives us his thoughts, his words, reveals to us his ways, and he gives them to us as a seed, as a seed. How many know if a seed's not used, it does nothing? There you go, absolutely. Matthew, there you go, Matthew 13, 10. And the disciples came unto him and said, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. In other words, a lost, dying world separated from God, sinners, people that have not come to Christ, do not have insight into the mysteries. Somebody say the mysteries. Sowing seed and reaping is a part of the mysterious workings of the kingdom of God. We don't always understand it, but we do know that it works. And it comes from a faithful God. And so it is a mystery. There are 18 mysteries in the scriptures, but we're not going to talk about them. But this is a mystery. It is a hidden secret that unveils God to man and allows God to be involved in man's life. Now, let's go over to Matthew 13, 13. I kind of broke this up so I could get to certain points. Matthew 13, 13. Now I want to talk to you about your seed receptors. You know, there are things in your life that receive seed. And there are other things in your life that don't. And it says this, Therefore speak I to them in parables or in a mystery, because they seeing see not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Next verse. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. Now notice what Jesus said. He says that hearing, they can't understand. And then he says, not only that, by seeing, they don't understand. Do you know that we can receive seed that is sown by the devil, by man, or by God, by hearing or by seeing? Hearing or by seeing. So those are two seed receptors. Jesus said they can't see it is a mystery why God has blinded Israel. That's a mystery. 
But God has blinded Israel, least they see, least they hear, and least they be converted. Now, does anybody know what conversion requires? Faith. So faith can't come to any man or woman that doesn't have ears to hear or eyes to see. Could I get an amen? Yes. Hallelujah. And then if we look at Proverbs 23, 7. So we're talking about seed receptors. There are three seed receptors that we're looking at right now. The ear is one. What you hear, you will ultimately become. What you see, you will be transformed into. The Bible says that when we look into a mirror, that image then reflects back to us. So we understand that we can hear with our ears and we can hear with our eyes. You know that? We can hear with our eyes. You've heard it. A picture is worth a thousand words. In other words, it speaks to us. Amen? All right. And then Proverbs 23, 7 says this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. Do you know that your thoughts are a way that you hear from God? Remember what God said? My thoughts are not your thoughts, but I give you my thoughts and give you my ways. So thoughts are a way that God puts seed into men. Thoughts are a way that the devil puts seed into men. Thoughts are a way that men put seed into man. So we have to understand that God uses the ear, the eyes, and the thought or the mind of man to seed him with the seed of life. Let's go to Proverbs 4, 23. We're going to read through 4 through a 27. Proverbs 4, 23 and verse through verse 27. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, perverse lips, put far from thee. Look, let thine eyes look right on, and leave, let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder thy path. That has to do with thoughts. Ponder thy path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right, hand or to the left, and remove thy foot from evil. Now, having said that, go to Proverbs 4.20. Now, these are the three seed receptors, and it says, My son, attend. Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear. Somebody say hearing. Unto my sayings. Next verse. Let them not depart from... Where? Thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart or connected to your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So now we see this, that God does what? He says, keep them in your ears. Attend to them. In other words, we are to give our ears to the Word of God. Now, what is the Word of God? Somebody say the seed of God. The seed of God. If you're ever going to receive something into 
your human spirit, you're going to have to use your ears, your eyes, and you're going to have to protect your thoughts. Amen. Now, remember what the, the word said from 23 down through 27. Number one, guard your ears. Amen. Number two, keep your eyes forward. Number three, meditate, think, examine, judge, equate what is God and what is not. In other words, these three seed receptors go right to the human spirit. And so we have to give our ears, our eyes, and our thoughts to God. If we give them to the enemy, guess what? He's going to sow seed. If we give them to man, guess what? He's going to sow seeds. But if we give them to God, seed will be sown. Amen? Remember, these lead right to the human spirit. And so you can only have what you give your ears to. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Now, to fill yourself with seed. You know, some of us ended up with fields that were corrupt and defiled because we didn't put anything in there except the seed of the devil and the seed of man. So what did we end up doing? We ended up sowing our seeds with negativity. People had prayer that they didn't think God answered, which is a total lie. God answers every prayer that was prayed in faith. Some people sowed seeds that they didn't think they seen a harvest on. Well, God gives seed to the sower and he does multiply the seed that is sown. Some people had faith endeavors that they didn't think that God honored. God never fails the righteous. Amen. But these cause breaches or offenses between God and man. And sometimes we just move on from them, but if you're mad at God, you ought to just tell him, you know, I'm really ticked off at you. Why? He already knows it. Well, I wouldn't say that. Well, I'd much rather you just say it and get it out than just live under its deceptive corruptness that's eaten your soul alive. I've told God lots of thoughts that I didn't. I said, you know what, God? I don't think they deserve to be forgiven. He said, that's not the point. You need forgiveness. <laughs> and if you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive you. I said, well, I don't want to, but I will. Now, these seed receptors that we have lead right directly to the human spirit. And the reason that we need to reseed ourself so that we can reseed our fields. Amen. Our fields. If you don't reseed yourself, you're always going to end up with what you have been sowing previous to this time. Amen. And if you see things in your life that are not going the way that the Scripture says, it's because you've sown the wrong seed. You've sown the wrong seed. I've heard men say, well, brother, so-and-so said. What will that get you? It won't even get you a dime at the yard sale. Because the devil doesn't respond to what so-and-so said. He responds to what God said. But see, some of us, seed ourselves with the voice of man so much 
that God couldn't speak revelation or rhema to us even if he tried. Because the voice of our gods drowned out the voice of the one God. Now, I'm all for studying and reading. Listen, I think people ought to study. I think they ought to be educated. But you get locked on to one person, you're just going to end up losing yourself in him or her. Yeah. Well, so-and-so said, so-and-so said, so-and-so said. I just wish I knew what God wanted for me. Well, listen to so-and-so, what they say. Listen. Gaining knowledge is great, but until it turns into a revelation from God, it is not seed that will change your life. You, you under, listen, I'm just telling you. Everybody can quote so-and-so, and everybody can quote so-and-so, and everybody can quote so-and-so, but you've never received one seed from God that God put a word in your mouth. I would encourage you, shut that boob tube off shut down that radio, throw out them books, and go to the Bible. Go to the Bible. And listen to what God says to you. Why? Because he's speaking life. Everybody else is just trying to tell you what he said. But it's when God speaks to us that we have obtained or been infused with seed. Now, I'm not against learning, but I'm just against people becoming so transformed or so uh, conformed to somebody else's revelation that they never find one of their own. We need to get our own, amen? amen. I quit going to breakfasts a long time ago to quit hearing other people's testimony. I said, I want to get my own. I don't care what God did in somebody else's life. I'll thank God with you, but that's not going to feed me. It's not going to change me. Amen? All right. So we want to open up our seed receptors and receive what God has given to us. Now, remember our seed receptors are our ears, our eyes, and our thoughts. They have to be protected. Somebody say protect them. Please do that. Because if you don't change your seed, you're going to continue to talk, to move, and to believe the way that you did before. Amen. Now, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 22.9, do not sow your fields with diverse kinds of seed, or you will defile your land. In other words, if you talk negative and positive, your land will produce nothing. It will be corrupt. It will be defiled. It'll be good for nothing. So next time you're saying or talking about something, think about what you're doing to your life and to your human spirit. That's a good word. Don't sow diverse seeds. Either make your tongue a tongue of blessing or make it a tongue of cursing. But you can't have sweet water and bitter water coming out of the same mouth. Amen. Now, let's talk about changing areas of our life with our seed. Remember, whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Amen. Amen. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. 
Now, let's go to Genesis 26. I want to talk to you about changing a famine. Most people in a famine just cave into the famine. They're waiting for some type of change that's going to come, you know, just naturally. Well, you know, sooner or later, this is going to change and it's going to rain. But the men and women of God don't have to wait for rain. I'm telling you, our source is not the natural climates nor the weather uh, workings. It is based in God. Genesis 26, 1. And it says this, and there was a famine in the land. Anybody know why there was a famine? No rain. What would a man that had no rain falling do? He wouldn't sow seed, would he? That's what happens in lots of people's lives. They go through dry places, famines. They go through places that they're struggling, they're confused, they aren't seeing God. And so they enter into this famine land, and the first thing they do is nothing. And it says this, in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistine, unto Gear. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall show, tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments and my statutes and my laws. And Isaac dwelt in Gear, and the men of that place asked him of his wife and he said, she's my sister, for he feared to say she is my wife. Least, said he, that the men of that place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look at. And it came to pass that when he had been there a long time, that Amalek, king of the Philistines, looked out of the window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting playing soccer with Rebekah, his wife. And uh, next verse. And Amalek called Isaac and said, Hey, behold, assuredly she is your wife, and how sayest thou that she is your sister? Isaac said unto him, Because I said, Least I die for her. Okay, next verse. Wasn't worth it. And Amalek said, What is this that thou hast done unto us? One of the people might have lightly have lain with thy wife, and that thou shouldest have brought guiltness upon us. And Amalek charged all his people, saying, He that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year and hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Now, what did Isaac do in the famine? He sowed a seed. Okay. All right, God has given you seed. Somebody say, God gave me seed. seed. All right, now what is that seed? It is the Word of God. 
It is the promise of God. He has given you three seed receptors that go right to the human spirit. That are, that's your ears, your eyes, and your thoughts. So what you can do to extract seed out from the seed bin or the seed house of God is you begin to look at it, you begin to hear it, and you begin to meditate it. And what will happen, that seed will come. Now, if I was you and I was wanting pumpkins, I wouldn't go to the corn section. I would go to the pumpkin sessions. I tell people, you know, let's, you know you're in a battle of, of, of healing, so you, you want to study healing. Well, well, what about all the other scriptures? I said, do you want to die? No. Then get faith for healing. Amen. You don't need faith for prosperity. Amen? Your wife will use her faith if you croak for prosperity so she can attract another man. But right now, you need to live. Amen. All right? So we go to the seed, the storehouse, the seed house, and we find the seed that God has for us that is going to transform the dry places or the places that are not producing in our life. And then what do you do? You sow a seed. Remember the woman at Zarephath that God commanded to give to Elijah? Her seed changed her famine. Your seed can change your famine. There is nothing more powerful than the seed or a word sown into a human life. And if you will sow it, then whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. Do you have areas in your life that you're not satisfied with? There's been a famine. Maybe you used to experience that, but now you're not because of the battle you went through. The heavens seem to be shut up. What you need to do is sow a seed and you'll reap in that year the seed that you have sown. Amen. Now let's go to Matthew 24. I'm sorry, Mark 24. I'm sorry, Mark 4, 26. Getting tongue-tied here. Talking about all that Rebecca stuff, I started thinking about Phyllis. Really, I was thinking of that peach pie that was so terrible. My throat got dry. And he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should what? Cast what? Seed into the ground. And should sleep and should rise night and day. And the seed should spring up, spring and grow up. He knoweth not how, the mystery. Next verse. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. Next one. And when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth forth the sickle, because the harvest is come. Now what does that mean? That means this. When you sow a seed, when you speak a word, be confident and let the process go. Stop your negative mind. Stop your mind that can be influenced by the devil. Stop talking things that are contrary to the seed that you just planted. Amen. Be quiet and let it run its course. Amen? Amen? The kingdom of God is a process. Yes, God does quick things, but lots of times God is in to the transformation and the change of small things in our life. And that takes time. 
sow a seed and know this. There's not a seed that has ever failed. You plant it, it grows. If you speak the word of God, it grows. It'll change your field and change your life. But if you don't give it a chance and then start aborting or defiling your ground, like in Deuteronomy 22, 9, you will become your own enemy. Amen. Amen. Don't curse the seed that you've put in the ground. Put seed in the ground if you need a harvest. If you want something different than what you have, sow the word. Say what God has said. Replant your life and then water it by continually declaring what God said, by praise and by worship. Why? Because God is faithful. Could I get an amen? Now remember that the seed was not only, the word was not only seed, but it was water. And so you just constantly speak over your seed. Here's a great one I'm going to close on these two. Isaiah 57, 19. I love this passage of Scripture. I've loved it ever since I found it. Isaiah 57, 19. What I don't, there you go. I was going to say what I don't love is this slow computer. But, and it says, I, God, create the fruit of the lips. Anybody know what is in the fruit? Seed. 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 I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off. Does anybody know what the fruit of the lips of those that are far off are? It tells us. Romans 10, 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. See, we don't have to guess about, well, I wonder what the prayer of repentance is. I don't know, but if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you'll be saved. That is the fruit to those that are far off. Amen? You, you can't get any closer than that. Thou shalt be saved. Next, let's go to that, back to that verse. And then it says, And to him that is near, saith the Lord, I will heal him. So God says, I create, go back to that verse, I create the fruit of the lips to him that is far off and to him that is near. Now what is the fruit of the lips to those that are near? The seed, the word of God. The word of God. That is the seed to those that are near him. We don't have to confess Jesus. Now what we say is what God said. Amen? Amen? Let the weak say, I'm strong. Come on. See, what we do is we say what God has said about us. God gave us seed. Remember? My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. But it is seed and it is water that I'll give seed to the sower. This right here is what we are supposed to say. If not, we should be wondering or we'd be lost. But we aren't lost what to say. We are right here able to speak. 
And then anything that rises up against us, one of the heritage of the righteous is we can condemn it. We can condemn it. So if I was in a financial need, I'm, I'm just saying if I was struggling financially, and let me tell you something, I've been there a hundred times, maybe more than a hundred times. But you can't turn to the world. No matter what's going on in your life, you need to change or sow a seed. Amen. Amen. God will multiply the seed that is sown. The seed sown demands God's response. And so, if I was having financial problems, you know what? I would go to the seed bin. And I would get into the seed bin here, David. And I would start finding out what God said about me concerning provision and blessing. That's what I would do. I wouldn't be looking up how to forgive people. I wouldn't. No, no. I need my seed sown. So what I would do is I would go here and I would look on the shelves. And when I found seed of blessing, seed of increase, seed of transformation, seed of prosperity, I'd say, well, this must be my section. And I'd start reading. I'd start hearing. I'd start meditating until that seed went from the scripture into my heart. Because then I'll speak with the abundance of my heart. And some of us need to refill our hearts with right seed. Amen. I hear people, well, the devil's been, oh, tell me what God's doing. The devil's been, the devil's been, the devil's been what? Been defeated. He's been overthrown. He's been cast out. He's waiting for an appointed time. That's what the devil's been. The devil is not your problem. Your mouth is. And some of us spend all of our time climbing the mountain instead of moving it. So we have to realize that if I wanted to change something, I want to find out what God said. I don't want man's opinion. Because man's opinion would be this. Well, you know, God blesses some people because he has a different purpose for them. You know, God, God knows what we need and he'll give you what you have. Have you ever prayed and told somebody, well, we prayed and they'd say, well, you know, God knows better than what you know. I'd say, well, I hope he calls the electric company and tells them, you know what, you only need $37. You don't need $127. I'm going to send you $37 and you be happy. You know what? They don't pull the plug on heaven. They pull the plug on my house. People just are trying to justify what God said. Well, you know, we prayed to God. He'd give us $100. We got 80. Well, God knows what you have need of. Really? I wonder if he's seen the bill. See, those opinions will get into your heart. And then they'll come out of your mouth. And then it'll seed your life. And pretty soon, you're always getting half of what you want. Amen? Would you pass that down to that guy down there at the bottom? Okay, there you go. Now, so if you want to change, how many of you got something you'd like to see changed? Good. Don't sow anything until you went 
to the seed store. Find out what the seed store is offering you. And then sow it. Don't sow watermelons and pray for corn. Come on. Yemeni. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sow what we desire to grow into our life. Amen. Let's sow what we desire in our life. Now, don't sow out of some book. Don't sow out of 10 confessions by brother so-and-so. Don't sow by the seven realities of who you are. Stop it. Just stop. They are not God. Go to the Bible. You know, if it was up to man, we'd be reading books all the time and never reading the Bible. We'd be quoting everybody else and not God. But their words don't have power. I'm telling you, they ain't got power. Amen. And so go to the seed source right here, Bill, and go and find what God said in his promise. Meditate it, listen to it, hear it, look at it. And then when this right here becomes seed, you'll know. You know, your whoop-wower will go up. Whoop-wow, man, oh man, I never saw the seeds been deposited. Now you can sow a seed. Now you can sow a seed. Mimicking somebody else's revelation is not seed sowing. Come on. What is that? That's parakeet Christianity. Ah, Polly wouldn't a cracker. Ah, I want blessing. Ah, I command the angels. Ah, ah, come to me, money. Ah, ah. Now you, you've met them. Hopefully you aren't one of them. Now you know what God hears all the time. He wants to hear the word. God, brother so-and-so said this. God says so. One time when I first got saved, brother, uh, you're not Osborne, you're Obalu, aren't you? Brother Obalu, I would go into churches and they would stop. And they would say, thus saith the Lord, I've raised you up to be an evangelist. So, man, I'm telling you, praise God. So, the Lord spoke to me one time, said, it's time for you to come out of your job. I said, okay. Man, praise God, I quit it seven times in one day. And I'm, finally, I, I did quit my job, and I come out, and I was at home, and I, I'd been there about six months. I said, God, you called me to be an evangelist. I've had one service in six months. He said, I never called you to be an evangelist. I said, yes, you did through those men. He said, you better go see them about meetings. And then he never said nothing. Kind of like a woman, just grab you by the throat, choke the life out of you, and then never say nothing. You know what you did. You're going, oh, my God, which one did I not do? And then when I was in the shower washing my leg, this is a famous leg. It's got me baptized in the Holy Ghost, got me called in ministry, and I heard the voice of the Lord. This leg, you, you want to touch it? <laughs> and, and I'm washing this leg. And God said, 
I never called you to be an evangelist. I called you to teach my people and to pastor them. And then that's all he said. I said, uh-oh, here I am. I quit my job to be an evangelist, and I ain't an evangelist. So I just stayed at home until God said, start me a church. Then I started this church. But until that word came from God, you know what? We can't sow what everybody else says, Dr. Overlook. We can't sow what they've heard, and we can't sow what they believe. We can only sow what God said. Please, if you're going to sow a seed of life, please go to the storehouse and hear God. Hear God. And if you'll hear God, you'll reap a hundredfold, just like Isaac did. And so, no matter if you're in a famine, no matter you're replanting your ground, you find the scriptures and you start quoting what God has said. Amen? Amen. Not what anybody else said, what God said. Amen? Let's do what God wants. Let's put a word in our mouth and sow it into our life. I'm telling you, some of you are going to be transformed if you'll do it. Just do it. If just do it, just do it. Because I'll tell you, you can't stand against the fiery darts on what so-and-so said. You can only stand with God said. Amen? Hallelujah. Every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, clean our ears, open our eyes, and God, give us your thoughts. God, let your word be unveiled to us that we may be able to sow it into the soil of our life. God, Jesus sowed seed. We are going to be God seed sowers. We're not going to sow what we've sowed in the past. We're not going to sow men's opinions. We're not going to sow our circumstances. God, we're going to sow what you put in our mouth. Now, God, we thank you for today that you give seed to the sower. We have, God, your word and your thoughts. We put them in our mouth, God, and we sow them into our life. Now, God, if we observe the storms, the situations, Ecclesiastes 11, 1, 2, and 3, God will not say anything. We'll be overcome, overwhelmed, but God, if we will look to you, and no matter how bad it is, God, if we will say what you said, you will uphold it by the power that is in your word. We're going to sow our lives that we will unveil God to those that reside around us. God, put a word in our mouth. Visit every person. Unveil your seed to them. God, that they may live life and it more abundantly. Their homes, their marriages, God, will be healed. Their children, God, will be blessed. God, we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, let me give you a few seeds. Hallelujah. Whatever you put your hands to will prosper. If you sow financially, you'll reap 
financially. If you speak blessing, you'll reap blessing. If you do good to others, they'll do good to you. These seeds, your children will grow up and they will be blessed and they will be prosperous. Your children will be saved because you believe. By his stripes, you are healed. God will deliver us in the times of trouble. He will deliver us in the times of oppression by the enemy. God has given you a sound mind. He has given you a spirit of love and of power. You are more than the enemy can handle. You're more than a conqueror. In all of these things, you will be victorious. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. God has given you the fruit of your lips. He's watching over his word that when it is decreed, he will fulfill it. He has provided you with seed to change your famine. Hear the word of the Lord. Put it in your mouth as Ezekiel did. And you can transform valleys of dry bones into the places of life and giving again. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're about to do, God. God, we are sowing our lives, transforming our famines, planting our fields again. God, we will not say what man has said. We will not say what the enemy has said. And we will not say what we see. We will say what you have said, for you are the faithful God. We are seed sowers of the God kind in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. See you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock.